This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We just thank you, we praise you, and we worship you. There is such a sweet spirit and presence in this place. Just receive what you need. You don't have to wait. Just receive what you need. It's here right now. Father, we just reach out and we take that which we're offering. Velda said last night that he knows exactly what you need. We have wants. And, you know, it strikes me always is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not need. No, it doesn't say that, does it? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you know that needs are met before wants come in? So what does that imply? That God has supplied all of our need. So the needs are there. He said according to his riches and glory, not according to what our eyes see, lack on the earth, but his riches and glory. So just receive what he has for you today. Glory to God. I just... You know, I think I'll do some announcements later because I don't want to interrupt the flow of what God is doing. And I will properly introduce Velda a little bit later. But right now, I'm just going to call her up and we take a break. When we come back, I'll tell you all the good things about her. And uh, welcome Facebook Live. We're so glad you're here. And so, um, Velda Shearheart, the director of the Healing Center in Augusta, Georgia, would you welcome her? Thank you. Good morning. God bless you. Thank you for the beautiful praise and worship. It's such a, a wonderful time with the Lord and just to welcome his presence. And let me say to each of you, God bless you. I can't believe anybody got up and came out this time of morning. You know, I have a, um, a theory and I can't prove it and you can't disprove it. So that makes me right. <laughs> Amen. Um, that there was an 11th commandment that got lost somewhere. I don't know what happened to it, but at any rate, I know by the unction of the Holy Spirit, it said, thou shall not get up before 9 a.m. <laughs> and I try my best to keep all of the commandments of God. And so I want you to know I've already violated that this morning, but I do appreciate you coming out this morning and... Um, <clears throat> I know everybody would like to know, well, what is she going to teach today? What is she going to say today? Well, I got news for you. I don't have a clue. And, uh, you know, I've learned over the years. I talked to y'all just a little bit last night about waiting. And I'm going to wait and do the products later. And uh, I'm going to talk about some things there. But there's such a sweet presence of God in this place this morning, just like Joe said a moment ago. Uh, moment ago. And we don't want to interrupt that flow and so I've learned to just wait and let God have his way. Let him have some time with his people. Uh, there are people here that I'm sure uh, you're still looking for and waiting for that visitation of the Lord to bring forth that healing power in your body. And, uh, you know, one of the best things to do is to wait upon the Lord. It's scriptural. And so, um, you know, I don't want you to get in a rush. I don't want you to feel pressured. I don't want you to say, well, you know, Tom got it last night and Joe didn't and why not and blah, blah, blah. Because sometimes we're not ready. 
we haven't pushed out and pushed away all of the things that would allow God to work as mightily as he would want to in us. But the good news is he's always there. He's always working. And uh, one of the things, again, um, Joe has said, and I've already said, that I am the director of the Healing Center. Actually, my title, I, well, I carry many titles, but one of them is Director of Healing Ministries. And uh, we are in the process right now of setting up a network of healing ministries across the nation. We've been training people for years how to do what we do. But, um, in fact, I told Pastor last night that I wrote the program 15 years ago. And uh, if you know me, I'm a right now person. Let's do it. Let's do it now. Let's get through. My theory is if it takes more than 10 minutes to get it done, it's not worth doing. You know, you ought to be able to just jump. And that comes back, I think, from my experience as a critical care nurse. You don't have time to waste. Let's get on with the job, you know. But God gave me that program 15 years ago. I wrote it, put it in the top drawer of my desk, and there it's been sitting for a long time. And at the beginning of the year, the Lord very quickly and very quietly said to me, Now. And I knew what he meant to do. And so it's time. Is there a problem with me, Jean? There was. There was. Thank you for taking care of me. I appreciate it. You're such a good husband. <laughs> uh, so I'm not rushing God this morning. I want you to take some time and just let the presence of the Lord sort of settle upon you. The glory of the Lord, I believe, will be seen upon us today. I mean, literally be seen upon us. As his presence is here, he's moving in and out. I was told that last night I ignored this side of people and kept my back to you, and I couldn't help it. Jesus was over there, and I was like, you know, what's he doing? What's he doing? And then I got a wonderful testimony just this morning of how God ministered to somebody over there last night. So I will try not to ignore you people. If I do, throw something at me, you know, <laughs> come tug my shirt, whatever. But um, I just really feel like we want to just, again, take that moment and say, Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. Can, you know, I go to a lot of churches, and, and uh, the people are really trained to clap for the Lord. And God says, I know there's such a thing as a clap offering, but the greatest honor we can give the Lord is to lift up holy hands unto him. So can we just take a moment and lift our hands and praise him and bless him and thank him? Lord, you're so welcome in this place. Lord Jesus, if it were not for you, there would be no reason for us to be gathered here today. But because of who you are, the living God, we gather in this place together today to believe and receive from you because you're a good God and we love you. We thank you for your sweet presence amongst us. We thank you that you will be here today ministering again to your people. And Lord, we're going to thank you in advance. If we could ever learn what the scripture says, oh, if men would only praise God. And so we're praising you every moment of this meeting, Lord God. May it come to your ears as a sound of praise and thanksgiving. And we bless you and we praise you for it, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen and amen. 
Again, I'm not real sure this morning. Uh, I think we probably have a little mixture going on here of people who may still be looking for the answer for their healing. There are those who are here, I understand, that are interested in the healing ministry and want to know more about how to minister in that area. There are some of you here that would say, I know more about healing than you do. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there are people. I'm sure there are people here that know more than I do. But uh, I had one of our staff members at the church one day, and he said, uh, hmm, I know as much about healing as you do. And being the sweet, kind, gentle person I am, I said, huh, I doubt that pretty seriously. <laughs> Because I've devoted my life to this, in essence. I addressed a little bit of that last night. And I knew it was the calling of God upon my life. And the Bible says, study to show thyself approved. So if you're a serious student, what Jesus would call a disciple, then it will require the Lord called me away for about a year and a half. Yes, I have my husband, my three kids, a dog, and a couple of cats at that time. But he, he literally put me aside for a year and a half, and I did nothing but sit and study the Word. I'd get up in the mornings, get the kids out the door to school, Jean's gone to work. I would sit down at my kitchen table, I would begin to study, and when they all came home in the afternoon, I'd still be sitting there. And... Uh, most of the things that I learned, the basic fundamental principles of the Word of God and how to apply the Word came from that time of separation with God. So I would invite you, if you're still searching, if you're still looking, you spend more time with the Lord and you dig into His Word. I honor the Word of God. God the Bible teaches us, in case you don't realize that I'm teaching you as we go, but the Bible says that God puts his word even above his name. And so we should learn. We talk about the wonderful name of Jesus, and it is wonderful. And the holy name of God, it is holy. It is wonderful. But God, in essence, puts his word above his name. It's like writing a document, and then you sign your name to it. So God has given us his word, and then he signed it with his holy name. God's a holy God. He's pure. He's infallible. There you will find no evil. I love the scripture. It says there's no turning of shadow in him. God is not one way one day and another way the next day. You know, I hear people say all the time, well, you never know what God's going to do. That's not true. God has already given us his word and explained exactly what he'll do and how he will do it. He's just looking for some people to figure it out, study, delve into it. Um, again, I do know something other than healing. I've had people say, well, you know, you only know about healing. Well, that's honestly not the truth. I am the associate pastor of the church. And eventually, you know, things come up and I have to teach them something other than healing. But I can guarantee you I always weave a little thread of healing into it because that's who I am. Well, if that's who I am, imagine who God is. He's Jehovah Rapha. And everything God does has healing qualities and abilities in it. Whether he's healing us spiritually, 
healing us soul, the, the soulish arena or if he's healing our body, if he's healing our families, if he's healing our marriages, if he's healing our finances. That's who God is. I put it this way. He just can't help himself. Healing is not something God does. Healing is an attribute of who God is. And he can't help it. You know, and so if we could ever begin to recognize that, we would stop begging God and start believing God. And we would understand that anything and everything we need, he has already provided for it in his holy word. I'm going to give you a, a little statement this morning that, that I've held on to for many years, and I love it. It says, the resurrection healing power of God is in his word, which is independent of time and space. It is not limited or bound by the forces of nature. Example, by your body, by your medicines, by science, none of that. It is not bound by the forces of nature. It is not dependent on any other source for its fulfillment. You want me to read it again? Okay. The resurrection healing power of God is in his word, which is independent of time and space. It is not limited or bound by the forces of nature. It is not dependent on any other source for its fulfillment. How can I say that? Simple, it's scriptural. God said, I will oversee my word to perform it and bring it to pass. God is responsible for the fulfillment of his word to us. I love that. See, God loves us so much, we can't comprehend and we can't understand the fullness of the love of God. He wants us, believe this or not, he wants us healed and whole more than we want to be healed and whole. He wants us to be living testimonies to, to, to who he is and what he has done. See, we're always looking for what is God going to do. Instead, you know, you, he's already done it. Any of y'all ever seen those things where they put a rabbit like on a little track and they hold a carrot out on a stick in front of them and they run round and round and round the track trying to get the carrot and they never catch the carrot? See, that's the way we do the blessings of God. Well, I know God's going to heal me. And I've had to look at many people directly in the eye and say, no, he is not going to heal you. If you are putting it off into the future, the enemy will assure you never obtain it. You will just constantly be chasing after something that God has already given you. It's like people with salvation. And they say, well, you know, one day I'm going to get saved. You know, one day I'm going to. One day. Well, what if one day never comes? And you've died and you've missed what God had already set right in front of you. Because you simply wouldn't accept it and wouldn't receive it. And then it's too late. You know, I like um, anybody here ever heard of Miles Monroe? Did you know Miles? Yes, God bless him. And, um, you know, Miles Monroe used to talk all the time about how cemeteries are filled 
with unfulfilled destinies because people never took hold of it. They never grabbed what God wanted for them. They never possessed it and made it their own, and they died. So if you're looking for some destinies that haven't been fulfilled, maybe you ought to go down to the local cemetery and walk around and say, I'll take that one, Lord. But again, it comes to making some decisions about God. And so that's what I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this morning. Now, I just gave you that scripture, but I want to talk to us today really in regards of healing ministry and to say this to you. The character of God is to challenge us to rise above ourselves, above our abilities, our understanding, and our experiences. To go further than we ever thought we could go, do more than we ever thought we could do, be more than we ever thought we could be in the power and ability of God. This will require a willing obedience to the call of God and a faith that defies fate. That's quite a challenge. When you look at, look at your neighbor and say, God is challenging you. Every one of us. I don't care how far you've come. God always challenges you to come up higher. God always challenges you to be more. God always challenges you to do more. But here's the key. It's not in our natural abilities. It is in His power, His abilities that He bestows upon us. That's why when you begin to hear the scripture, greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. You understand, I, in my own natural abilities and strength, I can't heal anybody. I like what Dr. Kennedy says, I can't heal a gnat. But with God, all things are possible. And so I have to begin to shout and praise and thank God. Thank God he's in me. Thank God he's with me. He said he would never leave me nor forsake me. And if God has called me, if God has appointed me, then I can believe God has anointed me. To do what he wants me to do. I read a story one time about a man who was confronting Satan. And Satan was there to destroy. What does he do? He comes to do what? Kill, steal, destroy. We interjected that word last night, slaughter. He's come to slaughter you. Don't ever take anything, you know, lightly that the devil's trying to do in your life. You better learn to recognize and say, no, we have to deal with this right now. Don't get into fear. Fear is an open door. But anyway, this man was there, and uh, the enemy was facing him. And all of a sudden, Jesus appeared. And he stood in between Satan and the man. And he had his back to the man, and he was facing Satan. And Satan started saying, don't back up. Don't back up. And every time he said that, Jesus took a step back. And he took a step back until he backed into the man. And the man then pointed his finger at Satan, and Satan ran in fear. That's how it is. God lives inside of us with all of his power, all of his authority, and all of his ability. 
I gave you a scripture last night. Let's see if I can still find it because I want to do a demonstration for you. Some of you that have been affiliated with our ministry um, know this. And I told you last night this was the ministry, uh, the scripture that Whole Life Ministries was based upon, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Faithful is he that called you who will also do it. When we look at those words to make us whole, it means to bring back mankind to where he was at the original creation. Before we sinned, before man fell, God wants that restored to us. And the only way we're going to have it restored is to know and understand the challenge he's given us and to trust on his presence in us. So I want to do a quick demonstration. If I could have you three. Joe, I'll let you turn and face this way. Miss Ellen, if you'll come. You have to give her a lot of direction. You're going to... Pastor Bob, you want to help us here? Uh, back up just a little bit, sweetie. Back up just a little bit. Okay, you stand right there. Okay, let's get the order correct. People get the order wrong all the time. If you're going to do things of God, do it God's way. First and foremost, we are a spirit. Say spirit. spirit. I'm just trying to make sure y'all are awake. Say soul. What is your soul? Okay. And what is this thing? Body. The earth suit. Yeah. Right here. Okay. God said he wants to make us whole spirit, soul, and body. Okay. So let's apply this to healing. Okay. Let's say spirit man right here is born again. So what does that mean? God lives inside of him. I'm going to pretend to be God. I live inside of him now. All my power, all my authority, and all of my ability, including healing power, dwells mightily within him. Anything God can do, listen to me, when you yield and submit yourself to him, it can be done through you. The way I like to describe myself, I tell the girls and the guys that I work with in our healing ministry all the time, I say, listen to me, I've learned I am but a glove on the hand of God. You take a glove off, it's totally powerless. It just lays there. It's like a limp dish rag. But you put the hand of God in it, and all of a sudden you've got something mighty and powerful. Can I get one amen? amen. Okay. Now, ah, troublemaker, soul, our mind, oh, our minds are so messed up. I told you last night, one of the dangers we're dealing with is this information age we live in. We get so much confusing information. We don't know truth anymore. And then we have this tangled up web of stuff we call an emotion and I tell people all the time, God created us with emotions. God wanted us to be able to know and understand the fullness of life through emotions. But God never intended for emotions to control us. We are to control and use emotions. 
Yes, there is a time. The Bible says there's a time for weeping and there is a time for joy, okay? So there may be times, and it would be horrible if we could never experience any sadness. If someone we loved was in pain and hurting and we felt no empathy and we felt no compassion for them, what would we be other than robots? So God gave us emotions to experience the fullness of life. But it's that mind part. Oh, my goodness. Just say, oh, my goodness. Oh, my, my, my. You know, well, I thought God said, but. I know God said, but I think. I know, I know what God said, but I think. I hear that all the time. Well, I know what the Bible says, but this is what I think. Honey, God don't really care what you think. I haven't seen one time where he went back and rewrote the Bible based on what somebody else thinks. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. But he gave us a hope that we could possess the mind of Christ through the renewing of our mind through the word of God. And now we have this problem, child, right here. This is the body. It's sick. Look sick. Oh, the, no, you can't smile and be sick at the same time. Look sick, real sick. Okay. So now when you put all this together, it's one person, right? Spirit, soul, and body. All of the healing power of God is in this born-again spirit man. This body is sick, and God's here to offer the healing power. But there's a block. There's a stop. There's a hindrance, and it's called this thing, mm -hmm. the soul. It's so confused. It doesn't know what it believes, and it doesn't know what it doesn't believe. It doesn't know if healing's for it or not. It doesn't know if God's mad with it or not. Well, I know God will heal Susie, but will he heal me? I know God heals sometimes, but I know God. I heard somebody say, God uses sickness to teach me something. Well, honey, if that's what you think, why don't you go ahead and ask God to make you real sick? <laughs> This body's getting sicker by the minute. Look at this. Man, we better hurry up and help it. But listen to me. I hear this all the time. Well, now, if it were the will of God, he would heal me. Well, then can I ask you a question? Why are you running to the doctor? Why are you taking medicines? Come on now. I mean, if you think God wants to get some kind of warped, morbid glory... Out of your being sick, don't you want to be real sick? Don't you want the pain to be real intense? I mean, you want to please God, right? You want to be in compliance with his will, am I correct? Okay, so let's do it right. You know, quit going to the doctor, throw your medicines away, and just say, God, make me sicker than I've ever been before for your glory. I don't see anybody jumping up to do that, do you? Not a soul. So here's the problem. This soul is like a filter, and it's clogged up. And so it's like if you've got a water filter, and, and all kind of crud and junk is built up in the filter, now the water can't flow. You might get a trickle now and then, mm -hmm. but you're not getting the pure source, okay? So, and then poor bodies just getting worse and worse and worse. And we're looking for all kind of natural means. All right, body, you got to stand back up. Come on. <laughs> Come on. 
help her out. Okay. So then comes in the word of God to renew the mind, cleanse the mind with the washing of the water of the word. Can I get an amen, amen. on that one? Okay. So here we go. Wash, 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 clean filter now. Okay. Because you see, you got three and they'll always be two against one. So what has been happening previously is soul has been thinking sickness and disease. You're not healed yet. Some people, you just can't make them behave. I'm sorry. I said she's been thinking sickness, disease, even death. And so body is reacting. Okay? But now, when we begin to clean this filter, spirit man with all the power of God, can begin to flow through, begin to affect body, and glory to God, body can be healed. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank y'all. Thank you. Now, see, that's what most people are missing is that thing. Yay! Are they, give them a hand. They did good. So we have to know that we've got to renew our minds with the Word of God if we're going to allow the Spirit of God that lives in a demonstration one time. And uh, <clears throat> this is what I hear. I hear all the time, oh, I'm so weak. Oh, I'm so weak. Did I tell you I was weak? I'm really weak. And I say, you know, the Bible says you're going to get what you say. How much more energy does it take to say, I'm strong, than to say, I'm weak? But it sure does have a big impact. It's so different. So Pastor Kennedy did this demonstration. Now, if you don't know Pastor Kennedy, she's only yay tall. And, uh, and so she had one of the big guys of the church. I mean... He's big, real big. And she told him to hold out his arms. And he did. And she said, now start saying, I'm weak. I'm weak. I'm weak. And then she reached up with her little bitty hand and took his arm and just went, Choo! and he could not resist the power of her. Come on. So now she says, let's do the reverse. Stand there and begin to say, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And with that, she took not one hand but two hands and tried to move his arm. She couldn't budge it. She eventually hung on his arm and swung on it. And she could not pull it down. Do you see the power that we have through our soulish arena to affect our bodies. I am strong. Some of you today, you feel weak. And you need to start talking to yourself and saying, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I'm, why don't we say it? I'm strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And if you keep doing that, you will begin to feel that strength rise up in you. Years ago, when I was still nursing, I was every afternoon. I, I mean, I was in a crazy position by this time. I was a case manager. And I just got to tell you, some of those doctors I worked with are, were not darlings. <laughs> oh, golly. Huh? I had a doctor one time. This guy, 
I don't know how he got through medical school, but he did. And actually, he was a good doctor, but he was just a spoiled brat. And one day, he came out to the nurse's station, and he threw a pure tea hissy fit. Do y'all have hissy fits up here? Yeah, we have them in Georgia. He threw himself a hissy fit. We had charts stacked up on the desk. This was before all the computer stuff. He took those charts, and he hit them, and he knocked them in the floor, and he plopped himself in the floor and began to kick his feet and scream like a two-year-old. And I had to deal with this man every day, telling him, you've got to get this test done on your patient. We got, because our goal was to speed up the process and get people up and going and out of the hospital. And he would just throw some of the biggest fits. In fact, one day he was having such a fit that another doctor came over and basically said, you need to hush and listen to her. Now, it's really something when one doctor goes against another doctor to defend a nurse, let me tell you. I've always loved that other doctor. He's a darling. <laughs> and if you, in case you wonder the significance of that, see, I don't have grandchildren. I have five darlings. <laughs> They're grandmommy and papa's darlings. They're not just grandkids to us. But at any rate... Then totally forgot what my purpose was of that story, but it was a good story, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I'm joking. At any rate, every day when I would get ready to leave the office, I'd go, it's been a horrible day. Lord knows I am tired. Now i got to go home. These kids need help with the homework. They expect food on the table. There's laundry to be done. God, I am so tired. I just don't think I can do it. I don't think I can go home and do it. I'm just so tired. I'm drained from this day. So one day I was getting ready to leave my office, and the Lord said, keep saying that. That's what you're going to get. Excuse me. Did you see how hard I work today, Lord? I have a right to say this. None of y'all ever talk back to God, do you? Nah, huh? you lie, you fry. So, at any rate, I mean, God really corrected me. And I was thankful because the Bible says God corrects those whom he loves. Amen. That was not what God wanted for me. He wanted me to go home and be able to function as a good wife and mother to my family. So, being obedient, I sat down and I wrote out some scriptures, and printed them out, and put them on my door. And every day when I was getting ready to leave my office, I put them right above my light switch. I would stop and I'd begin to confess those scriptures. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And I don't remember. I had probably five or six. And I would start confessing those all the way home. And after several days, it finally realized, hey... I don't feel so tired. I've got energy. I can go home. Jean said, I wish to God you'd start quoting them again. <laughs> I don't want to go home and cook and clean. I'm sorry. But anyway, but see, it, it's whether or not you believe in the power of the word or not. And if you can renew your mind to the degree that you can believe that the word really works. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, the word works. 
The word really works. So I love this scripture. Let's go to Psalms 107. In fact, in our healing center, we have scriptures just all over the world, or the walls. And we tell everybody we are a word center. And we have people that come through and want to drop in and get prayer. I want to say something about that. If you have somebody that's constantly coming to you for prayer, quit praying for them. They obviously are not believing and they're not receiving. And so in essence, what you're doing is you're encouraging them in their faulty behavior. I was going to say bad behavior, but that wouldn't be polite, would it? So I won't say it. But anyway, say, you know, I've already prayed for you. Now, the responsibility is put back on you. You need to start praising God and thanking him that he's heard the prayer and he's working in you. You need to begin to do what Mark 11 tells you. If you've got a mountain, you talk to it. Look, I ain't got time to talk to all of y'all's mountains. I got my own mountains to deal with. Good Lord, I've got Jean. <laughs> but seriously, I have this all the time. People want to drop in, have us pray for them, and poof, they're gone. Well, no, you need to sit in the healing center. You need to get under the authority of the word. You need to get your mind. Oh, I don't have time for that. See, we want a, a healing McDonald's or a Burger King. You can have it your way. And, you know, so they come through and they say, well, you know what I think? I'll have two healings, one deliverance, and one God bless you. And I want to go through the fast lane. Uh-uh. No, God works by the power of his word. And if I figure, you know, sometimes I'm just ready to get rid of people. You ever just get ready to, I don't care what you do. You know, it's finally like, here, I'll pray over you. And I'm just going to entrust you to God and hope he'll, you know, he'll bless you out of his mercy. But most of the time we tell them, you really need to sit under the word. And I've got where I'll say, I'm sorry, we can't pray for you unless you are willing to sit in on our next hour class and get some word in you and then we'll pray for you. So if you're going to be a word person, if you're going to deal in the healing ministry, let me tell you this, the anointing is awesome. Nobody, but nobody loves the anointing more than I do. But let me tell you what, you cannot always count on that tangible anointing. But you can always give people the word. In fact, some of you probably know Joe Hosey. And I never will forget, years ago, and, and Joe told me later, he said, I have to thank you. He said, you finally corrected my thinking. He said, um, you were talking one day and said, what if you are stranded on a desert island and there's nobody there but you and you're sick? Uh-oh. You can't call Sandra Kennedy. You can't call Benny Hinn. You can't call Marilyn. You know, you can't even get a hold of Sid Roth and he's everywhere. You know, you can't watch Christian television. There's no radio station. You don't have any praise and worship music. What are you going to do? Are you just going to curl up and die where you are? Or can you take the word of God 
And the Bible is very clear about it. It says, hide the word in your heart. Why? So the devil can't steal it from you. And then you can begin to pronounce that word and you can receive your healing right where you are, right by yourself. All based on the power of God's word. Did y'all find Psalms 107? Again, one of my favorite scriptures. He said, um, verse, did I tell you to go to verse 20? Well, let's back up to 19. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saves them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. What did it say here? When people were in trouble, when they were desperate, they were distressed, they were sick, they were infirmed, they were dying, put in whatever applies. And he said, this was God's response to them. He sent his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. Oh, oh, oh. If man would only praise the Lord for his goodness. For his wonderful works to man. What was his wonderful works? He sent his word. And healed them. I want you to know that I read to you earlier. That the word of God is not bound. By natural boundaries. Time or space distance and over the years we've had the occasion to quote send the word to many people we've prayed for people all over the world we couldn't get to them we couldn't lay hands on them we couldn't anoint them but we could send the word forth and believe that the word of God would go directly to them and they would receive their healing now, I don't know if y'all believe in visions or not. Oh, thank God, because I didn't want a net over me this morning. But years ago, I was teaching in the healing center one morning, and all of a sudden, I saw a man. And he was kneeling by what appeared to be like a cot or a bed. And he was praying. And I began to describe this man. And I, I had a sense somebody there knew him. And I said, does anybody by chance know someone that fits this particular description? Even described as Cody had on. We had a missionary with us that day. And she said, that's one of my spiritual sons in Nigeria. And he's been very sick. And I said... Tell me what kind of coat he would be wearing. And she began to describe it. It's a brown coat with buttons, blah, 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 blah. Exactly what I was seeing in this man. I said, tell me what size he is. She described him perfectly. So then the Lord had given me his name. <laughs> I said, and what's his name? And she told me. Same name. I said, we're going to send the word to him. 
And we just stopped everything we were doing. And we began to speak. How do you send the word? You speak it. You speak it. And you speak it. And so we began to speak the healing scriptures into this man. And we could begin to see a transformation taken in him as the word came forth. And later on, we received the report he had been healed. Do you see why I'm such a word fanatic? I couldn't go to Nigeria. I couldn't go lay hands on that man. But I could send the word to him. We've done it time and time again to people in hospitals. We get phone calls from all over the world asking us to pray. And we say, oh, yes, we'll pray. But the way we pray is, Lord, thank you for the healing power of your word. And we send the word that says, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, they are healed. We're not begging God to heal them. We're proclaiming what God himself has already said. I've made the provision. And Lord, we've said that by faith they will believe and they will receive. Because it's like I told you last night. There's way too much going on of people not receiving. And when you look at Mark eleven twenty four, it says, If you believe, you will receive. So if you are not receiving, there's some block, stop, or hindrance here. And you have to, and that's why you've got to deal with that because there's something hindering your believing. And that's why you are not receiving. It's not that the person that prays for you doesn't carry the anointing. It is not that they didn't have enough faith, although there's no need to pray for people if you don't have any faith that your prayers work, right? So you've got to look at you. So let's go back to Psalms 107. Boy, this first session, what time are we going to stop? About 15 minutes? Okay. Are y'all okay? We were going to take a short break, and then we'll come back and talk about some other things. Psalms 107. I just read that to you. But I want to read it to you out of a couple of different versions. In the New uh, Century Version, it said, God gave the command and healed them. So they were saved from dying. That's a great one if you know somebody that's stepping into death's door. Send the word. I like what it says out of the Message Bible. He spoke the word that healed you. Are y'all hearing past tenses in this? He spoke the word that healed you, that pulled you back from the brink of death. He spoke, and they were healed and snatched from the door of death. I'm going to give you an example, and then we'll take a quick break, maybe about 10 minutes, okay, because I have no idea what time it is. And in Georgia, it's after 11. What time is it here? After 10. After 10. Thank you. See, I didn't reset my watch, and we're supposed to be through by what? 11.30? Okay. Uh, so we, we're doing real good, I think. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. I told y'all last night that three different times my mother was raised from the dead. I don't know if any of y'all can top that one or not. But um, I'm going to give you one particular example. Because you'll see how the word travels in the spirit realm. See, we're way too earthly minded. We're way too controlled by our natural senses. We are spirit 
beings. And we must learn how to live and operate in and understand spiritual principles. So we're in church. <clears throat> my daughter's sitting next to me. My mother's sitting in back of me. And my daughter says to me, Mama, what's wrong with Grangry? And I said, I don't know. What's wrong with her? And I turned around and looked and went, Ugh. My mama was dead as a doornail in church. Gene was working the sound booth. He saw a miracle. <clears throat> I went straight in the air, jumped over the chairs, laid mama out, started to do CPR on her. And then I thought, are you crazy? This is your mama. Back out. See, sometimes you can be too emotionally involved in a situation. I want to give you one little thing about the healing ministry. You must learn how to maintain a professional distance. If you are so engulfed in emotions, it will bring you to a point where you're no longer as effective as you could be. <clears throat> when Jesus was on the earth, it said he went about teaching and preaching and healing all that were sick. It says when he saw the sick, listen to me, he said he was moved with compassion. That's that desire to take the burden off of the person and put it on yourself to carry it for them. Jesus could do that. But you ever notice Jesus just sort of went along healing people and then he kept moving? He didn't stay. You cannot convince me that everybody in the crowd got their healing. It was the ones that believed and received from him. That's the all that were healed. But Jesus never hung around to stay and keep on prodding, keep on pushing, and keep on trying to make them get it. And I learned that as a nurse. You have to be able to back up in order to give the best care. If you get too emotionally involved, too empathetic, you are not going to make people do what they need to do to get well. Okay? I had a young man in the hospital one time, and he was 30-ish, very young, and he had had open-heart surgery. And they brought him out of surgery, brought him up to the post-care unit where I was, and I was assigned to take care of him, and I went in his room, and there was mom on one side and sister on the other. Oh, my goodness, such doting. Oh. Now, I'm a doter. You know, I love to baby my babies. Gene, I say, take care of yourself. But no, the babies are different. That is not true. He will tell you, won't you, Gene, yes. that I take good care of him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, here was mama and sister. Oh, darling, let me wash your face for you. Here, sweetie, you want a bite to eat? Oh, my goodness, let me fluff your pillow. Here, let me do this for you and let me do that for you. And then Nurse Cratchit comes in. <laughs> Y'all know who Nurse Cratchit was and one flew over the coop? You're too young to know about all that. But anyway, she was the mean nurse. And uh, so I come in, and I'm like, what in the world is going on in here? So I look at Mama, and I look at Sister, and I said, get out. Oh, we can't leave him. He needs us. I said, no, the last thing he needs is you. Get out. 
I'll take care of him. Well, you could just see fear in his eyes, you know. And so <laughs> I said, number one, you're going to give yourself a bath. I can't. They cut open my chest and my legs, and I can't. I said, oh, yes, you can. I said, because I got news for you. Everybody on this floor has gone through the same thing you have, and they're all up giving themselves a bath, and you're not going to be any different. Amen. So got him up, gave him a pan of water. He, poor baby, had to hold his own washcloth. <laughs> it was pitiful, pitiful. So at any rate, he gets a bath. We're getting changed, get his bed made, blah, blah, blah. I let mom and sister back in. And then you know what an incentive spirometer is? Where you breathe. You know, you don't blow out. The old blow bottles are gone. Now you breathe in so you expand the lungs so you won't get fluids and stuff built up. You won't get pneumonia and all that good stuff that you don't really want. And I said, now listen to the instructions. See, most time people only half hear. They're not really listening, okay? I said to him, take this once every two hours. I want you to do several deep breaths with this, okay? I leave. I go on. I'm making rounds. I'm checking on patients. I'm doing stuff. I come back by his door and I hear this. <gasps> and I thought, oh my God, I've killed him. <laughs> so I go running in there and he's sitting in this chair, blood red, sweat running down his face. Mama and sister like, I said, what is going on? He said, you told me to take deep breaths with this for two hours. <laughs> well, the good news is he never got pneumonia. <laughs> but see, people got to learn. You have to learn to follow instructions. If you can't follow instructions, then you're already losing the game, okay? So here's Mama dead. And... Uh, I, I did what every smart nurse would do under a situation like that. I said, I need a nurse. <laughs> In the hospital, you don't call for the doctor. They're not there. You get your nurses working, and then doctors show up later on and take all the glory. Hallelujah. You know. But at any rate, to make a long story short, called EMTs. We were doing CPR while they're on their way. One of my friends who was a critical care nurse is up here taking charge sort of and she does a precordial thump y'all know what I'm talking about Whomp, where they hit you in the chest by the way they don't do that anymore it's passe but anyway if some of y'all drop dead today I'm probably going to do a precordial thump on you because I'm an old nurse but anyway um anyway so Betty goes Whomp, and hits mama and they start doing CPR EMTs come paddles shock drugs blah 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 now Mama is laying in the floor facing that way. She's looking at all of y'all, okay? I'm standing back here with Pastor Kennedy and a friend of ours named Danny standing right here. I'm watching everything that's going on. I'm crying. And finally they get Mama on a stretcher and they start out the door with her. I did not hear the EMT when he said, we're so sorry, she's gone. There's nothing we can do for her. But he told Pastor Kennedy, and I didn't hear it. 
So by this time, I've convinced them to let me ride in the ambulance with her. And remember, my background is I'm a cardiac nurse, and I knew what they should be doing. They were doing squat. Can you say squat? In Georgia, that means nothing. And I was getting madder by the minute because I knew they should be pushing drugs. They should be doing this. They should be putting on oxygen. They should be doing, I mean, tick, 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 tick. I know the algorithm. I know what you do. They're doing nothing. But back at the farm, back at the church, Pastor Kennedy stands up and makes this statement. The audacity of that woman to drop dead in my church when I'm standing here preaching healing and life, I won't have it. See, it matters where you go to church, people. Hello. Okay. So she told everybody, said, y'all make a circle in the church. There were about 400 people there that night, a Thursday night. Gather hands. So they gathered hands, and they began to send the word to my mother. You will live and not die and declare the glories of the Lord. We command your spirit man to come back in your body. We command life to come to you in the name of Jesus. So we're about halfway to the hospital by now. And all of a sudden I hear this <gasps> in the back. I'm sitting up front with the driver. I would have thought it was mama, but it wasn't. It was the EMT. <laughs> Her own. All of a sudden, there'd been no sirens, no lights, and all of a sudden, wah, 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 beep, 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 lights and sirens everywhere. We go zooming into the hospital where they get her inside. They get her in a room, and I walk in, and his mama always said to me, hey, sugar. <laughs> I said, mama, how are you? I'm okay, sugar. How are you? Just as unconcerned. So later on, after I found out what all had gone on and everything, I said, Mama, what do you remember? Now, you remember I showed you spirit, soul, and body, right? She said, Well, I was in church, and that woman hit me. Right there in church, that woman hit me. Now, she knew Betty. Betty was a friend of ours. From that day to the day Mama went to glory, she'd never called Betty anything other than that woman. <laughs> hit her in church. Who ever heard of such a thing? And I said, Mama, what else do you remember? She told me where I was standing. Remember, she was on the floor facing that way. I'm standing back here. She told me which side Pastor was on, which side Danny was on, and told me I was crying. See, when that spirit man rises up, spirits don't die. You better write that one down somewhere. They don't die. All spirits do not go to heaven. Some literally go to hell. Hello. Because of a decision they made before they crossed the death line. A lot of people are teaching and preaching nowadays there is no hell. Do what you want to. It's okay. I'm sorry. I don't agree with that. If I've stepped on somebody's toes, I would apologize. But that's just not the kind of person I am. <laughs> but at any rate, 
So mama has returned from the dead. And where everybody is in shock. And we told her, said, mama, they begin to speak the word. They begin to send the word to you. Yeah, I know. Her spirit man heard the word and responded and went back into her body and she lived and did not die. Now, y'all, I can't try to stress the power of the word to you any more than that. You have to become word people. Thank God for the anointing. Thank God for, God said, believers shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. But look, if you don't know the word, you don't even know what that means. Hello. So all I'm trying to do today is just drill it into your head. As this lady that went to our church one time, and her name was Gardenia. She said, Velda, if you could, you'd cut off the top of their heads and cram it in. <laughs> So I'm trying. But anyway, let's just agree that there's no greater power than the word of God. He sent his word to heal them and deliver them from their destructions. That's the destructive plots and plans of the enemy who wants to steal, kill, slaughter, and destroy you. But God sent his word. Amen? Amen. Let's take a short break, say 10, 10 minutes or so, and then we'll come back and we'll continue on. That okay? So y'all receiving? You got your receivers on today? It is good stuff, isn't it? God is so good. God is so good. Well, what I'd like to do now is um, offer you an opportunity to sow a seed into this ministry. This is hopefully the first of many things we're going to do to equip the saints. And, uh, but this has, been, um, this has just been marvelous, and I am so grateful to the pastors. You know, we had a baton passing not very long ago, and um, the senior is stepping to do other things, writing books and things of that nature, and... The young man and his wife, Rob and Sean, a pastors, have stepped up. They've done a marvelous job. Um, we are so appreciative. Amen. We are so appreciative for the ground that's been plowed and what's been planted and even what's been harvested. Uh, but there is so much seed in the ground. And for the next generation to step up and um, become... You know, what happens? Whatever seed you plant is what grows up and becomes. So this seed was long ago planted, nurtured, and it is producing a lot of fruit, and we're so grateful. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, you know, as we give, I look around, and most of us here are mature believers. You have to be to come Saturday morning and be hungry, hungry after coming Friday night. And uh, you know the principles that God says, you know, and most of us, the, you know, what we listen to and in the word of God, it says you have a need, you sow the seed, you name the seed. Never put your seed in the ground with your mouth closed. How hard is that to get a, you know, get a hold of it? Velda talked about sending the word, but do you know when you plunk your seed in the bucket, and you don't speak over it. You don't 
pray over it. You don't call the harvest in. Do you know, do anybody know a farmer? Any farmer you know that's worth anything, do they sit around and harvest? No. And do you know any farmer that sits on his front porch and says, yeah, it's going to be a wonderful crop. Look at all those 5,000 acres out there. It's going to be a wonderful crop. And you say, well, what did you sow? Well, I don't know. I'll find out when, when it comes up. You know what you have in the ground? Weeds. It's the enemy's territory. Do you know there were no weeds? I'm like Velda. And I can't prove this is my opinion. You can't disprove it, and I can't prove it. But I have good stacked evidence on my side. There was no weeds before the curse. You know, there, you know there was no toil before the curse? There was work, because God told Adam, you are going to maintain the garden. There was work, but there's no toil. What's the difference? Toil is blood, sweat, and tears. We ought to have sweatless victories. That means there shouldn't have been any sweat either. No smelly stuff, you know. So when you plant your seed, put it in the ground. Put, you're putting it in good soil. It is going to Sandra Kennedy Ministries. The wonderful thing about that even is that when it goes to work, the, the things that happen for that ministry, the, the eternal rewards that they are entitled to because you have partnered up with them, you receive those rewards. You don't have to go anywhere, but your life source, which is exchange for money, is planted in, and it produces a harvest, and also because it's for the kingdom of God, you will get some rewards attached to it. So if you're making checks out today, just make them out to Church of the Harvest or COTH. You can also um, give online if you so desire, and um, are you ready to pray over it? All right, well, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for every seed sown this weekend. I thank you, Father, that it is used for the glory of God, for your kingdom, to get people healed, set free, saved, delivered, and everything, Father, that you intended to do with no sidetracks for anything. And, Father, I'm asking you to bless the givers. Oh, Father, we call forth the harvest on our seeds right now. You said some 30, 60, or 100 fold. Let's not play around with 30. Let's go for 100. And even more if you can believe for it. That perfect thing. Now, Father, I'm asking you to show each person specifically the harvest from their seed that they're planting this weekend. And I thank you for doing that. Just like a kiss from you, Father. And we thank you and we praise you and we call in our harvest right now. You said the reaper is going to overtake the sower, so why not today? So we believe we receive for it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So while they're doing the, um, uh, the seed sowing here, can I tell you a little bit about Velda? May I first tell you first we have healing school. First and third, excuse me, first and third. Tuesday, Tuesdays of the month, first and third. Excuse me, let me say that again. I'm wrong. That was the old. From 10 to 11.30. And then, excuse me, let me say that again. I'm wrong. That was the old time. We are 11 to 12.30. Joy is keeping me straight. On the first and third Tuesdays. And also we have Tuesday evening from 6.15 to 8.15. And so uh, if you're interested in that, that's out in Eads. Um, 
at my place, and we do have fellowship in the evening, and we kind of stay to a very strict time frame because everybody's busy, but the Spirit of the Lord is there always. Jesus always shows up for healing school. It is so fun. We have such, last time, I'm just going to tell you this real quick, because last time somebody came in a lot of pain, a lot of pain, and they could hardly move, and uh, I'm like Velda, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, and um, I said, we're going to pray for you at the end. Do you know we prayed at the end, and this person got up and moved, and all the pain was gone. Here's the report. 99.9999% different. And then posted online the next day, you missed it, you should have been there. I continue to get the balance of it. So I don't know what that point one was, but hey, listen, we'll take 99.999 and believe for the point, whatever it is, one, right? Amen. So healing school. Now let me let me properly introduce Miss Velda, Reverend Velda Shearhart. She's a sweetie, if you can't already tell that. She's got a great sense of humor. She is not only the associate pastor, she is a reverend, Reverend Shearhart. She is a teacher of the Word of God. She's a minister. She loves the Lord and the things of God just flow through her. Rivers of living water just come out, as you've seen this morning. And she also takes care of all of the healing center and the new things coming out, all of the associates that are, I don't know if that's the right word, associates, network that is um, being established now. And uh, she's just a wonderful woman of God and always gives God glory. Can you welcome Velda? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, I have to do some stuff. <laughs> uh, oh, I think I'll throw them up here. I may. I don't know. Where's Is that table still around? I can just use this. We don't need a table. Um, I want to just address one or two quick things with you um, uh, in terms of products. Um, the, the sale of these products do not go to Dr. Kennedy nor to me. We never receive any kind of royalties, any payments, any anything. We feel like that God had said that we were to have these available so people could take them home. They could continue to hear. They could receive. They could be trained. And so um, I just want you to know, I know, <laughs> I, well, I won't say that. It wouldn't be kind, so I won't say it. But just understand that our heart is not about money. I like what Dr. Kennedy says. She said, I'm on a salary. She has a salary from the church. She doesn't draw anything from these meetings. I don't draw from them. And, uh, and so I want you to understand our heart and why we do what we do. Um, again, some of these um, are by Dr. Kennedy. Some of them are by me. Coming up, this I have forgotten to tell you that we do have a healing conference coming up this coming week. I'm like, I can't believe it's here again. But it'll start Thursday night, be Friday morning, and Friday night. So if any of y'all want to make a quick jaunt over to Augusta, please come and join us. Um, but this is a teaching that Pastor Kennedy did not too very long ago. It's called What Jesus Said. And basically what she did was she went through the red letters, the wording in the Bible, and really taught us what did Jesus say about these things. Um, this is a new one that I just did a few months ago. It's called The Power of Thought. 
And I have had more people come to me and tell me, you do not know how this has changed my life. As I change my thought life, it has changed everything else. And it's how God thinks thoughts towards us. And what that means is his thoughts actually enter into us to form and shape a vision of who we are and what we can be and what we can do. But we can do that same thing. We know the scripture says, as a man thinketh, so is he. But we can send thoughts thoughts to other people we can deposit like seeds by thinking instead of thinking about how horrible they are how no count they are how hopeless they are think the thoughts of God towards them and uh, I really had some amazing I wasn't even sure when I taught it that I understood that but it's really made a difference again one of my favorites why not me if you can get it why not me um I told you all about the healing handkerchiefs uh, last night. We still have the white ones. They're so beautiful. Love these. And, um, but we also have baby blankets. We have Afghans. It gets cold up here, I understand, you know. But we do. We have these. They're full-size Afghans, same print, same dove, same healing scriptures. All of them, again, have been prayed over and anointed with oil. This is one of my favorite little things I like. These are bandanas for your pets. And, you know, sometimes our little fur babies get sick. Or we want to keep them healthy. So we made, Pastor Kennedy has two boys, as she calls them, Joshua and Caleb, her little dogs. And so we made pet bandanas for them. And, uh, but one of the things I found out is children really like these. They maybe won't carry a healing handkerchief. But they will wear a bandana. We were dealing with a little girl out. I get those eye states mixed up. Iowa, Illinois, one of those things. And there was a little girl there that had cancer. And she was so excited because she was losing her hair. And she said, I can wear my healing bandana instead of these little cap things they've been giving me. And so we just let her pick out an array of colors that she liked. And she would wear them. So for your pet or for your little darling whichever um, again I've talked a lot already this weekend about fear and that you cannot let fear control you and this is a uh, teaching that I did a good while back called fearless faith and how to operate in that I love this one by Dr. Kennedy why isn't it working so you may want if you having trouble receiving and having God's power manifest in your life you may want to look at that this is dr kennedy's latest book somebody's already come to me today and said i love that book the cleansing healing power of the blood and this talks a lot about the blood in terms of how we are washed and cleansed purified of sin but we went back uh, about a year or so ago and we rewrote it and added new sections to it, including the healing power of the blood. And uh, I, I personally, I'm a strong, I tell everybody, I am a word girl, if y'all haven't figured that out now. But I'm telling you, I believe in the power of the blood. And the Lord's, and I had a supernatural healing based off of this is how my back, my degenerative back condition was healed many years ago by washing myself in the blood of Jesus as a morning and evening sacrifice. I believe you will be blessed by that. 
healing ministry uh, several years ago. How many of you are familiar with Christ for the Nations out in Dallas? Any of y'all know that? They contacted us and asked us to do a, um, a year's teaching on healing. And they developed, an, um, um, what do you call that? A degree in healing. And they're still today using our materials to teach it. And so we wrote this book. It's called The Comprehensive Principles of Healing and Miracles. It is not like a book you're going to sit down and read. It's a study manual. There's even a section here for you to write your notes in. And I tell everybody it's just the nuts. And funny, the page you're open to says value the word. Uh, but anyway, it talks about things like Paul's thorn in the flesh. What does that really mean? You know, Job. Everybody talks about poor old Job and what happened to Job. Well, in case you don't know it, Job told us what happened to Job. He said, that which I feared most has come upon me and I have erred in my words. So, you know, I don't feel quite so sorry for Job. But at any rate, if you want to be a serious student of healing, you need these. Um, here is the uh, CDs. We have both CDs and DVDs of these where we did a healing conference. There's information in here that's not in here. There's information in there that's not in here. But um, normally these are $50 by themselves. But for the conference, we're doing them as a package deal for $55. Um, again... Uh, the word partnership has come up. We do have Sandra Kennedy Ministries partnership. And if you would like to become a partner with, this, uh, with us this weekend, we give a gift. It's $20 a month. They can help you at the product table with this. And our gift is Overcoming Faith by me and Proving God. I told you all last night that's one of my favorite books. And so if you are interested in joining hands with Sandra Kennedy Ministries to carry the gospel around the world, we would love to have you. Did I forget anything? Is there something I was supposed to tell y'all and I don't remember? <laughs> it's kind of like I tell people all the time, you can ask me any questions you want to as long as I know the answers. So that usually hushes people up pretty quick, doesn't it? I assume they think I don't know anything. But anyway, let's take one more moment and let's just lift our hands to the Lord, thanking him for his sweet presence in this place today. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We bless you. We thank you for your eternal goodness, for your mercy, your grace, and your compassion. And, Lord, we just ask that you would open our ears to hear today what you would want us to hear. Father God, it's not about what I want to say. It's about what you want your people to hear. And may they be blessed by the teaching of your holy word. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, I'm going to talk to you real quick like um, I've heard wonderful testimonies. And I, I, I meant to ask if we had any testimony sheets or cards. But um, if God really touched you and during this conference, we would love to have your testimonies. I love to share testimonies because it builds faith in other people. And again, I've always referenced the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Joe was talking a while ago about sowing seed. If you ever look at the word testimony, the root word of it is testes. that goes to the male reproductive organs where the seed is produced. 
And so when you give a testimony, you in actuality sow seed in order to produce more in your life to give you more testimonies. And so, uh, you know, never of what God has done. Just make sure you give God all the glory. Amen. Um, I know we had people that received healings last night, and I'm so thankful for it. And uh, God is so good. But I want to talk to us today a little bit about why does God heal? God doesn't have to heal. I told you that last night, that healing is not something that God does. It's who he is. It's a very attribute of his being. And um, like I said, and I agree, he can't help himself. And so when we go over, we'll start in Exodus chapter 15. And I'm going to read you the latter part of uh, verse 26, where Jesus said, I mean, where the Lord said, uh, For I am the Lord that healeth thee. I want you to notice he didn't say, I used to be. He did not say, I'm going to be. I, my personal premise is every single solitary word in the Bible carries weight. God didn't just arbitrarily pick the present tense here. I am. What is he called? The great I am. Too many people, again, think God used to be or think God's going to be. God used to do. God's going to do. But God said, no, I am. And so that's where we begin to come up with his covenant name of Jehovah Rapha. He defines himself as the great healer. I love this. Again, we deal with so many people that are facing life-threatening issues. And so we read this again out of the basic English version. He says, I am the Lord your life giver. We have no real life outside of the Lord. Spiritually nor physically. We may be existing, but it's not life. It's Jesus identified life. That abundant, overflowing, superfluous life. Out of the Knox translation. I, the Lord, will bring thee only health. Now that certainly destroys that premise that God puts sickness and disease on people. Okay? He said, I only bring thee health. Now a lot of people come back and ask me this question. Well, what about in Exodus 15, 26? You just skipped that first part. Where he said he would put none of these diseases upon thee which I brought upon the Egyptians. If you really go back and study and exegete the word. You will find that means I won't allow them to come upon you. But as you back up. You know sometimes you need to read the word from the bottom up. Instead of from the top down. Start backing that up. When he said if. If. Say that word with me. Yeah. If. You will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God or to the word. 
okay? And will do that which is right in his sight, will give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, his words, then I will not allow these diseases to come upon you that I brought upon the Egyptians. Well, why did it come upon the Egyptians? Because they were not willing to yield to God. I mean, think about it. How many times did Moses have to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go? And his heart just became more hardened. He became more determined. I am not going to yield to your God. And so each time the plagues got worse. So many of us are in situations and circumstances even now because we have refused year after year after year to yield and submit to the obedience of God. And yet, and then when we start reaping repercussions, we want to blame God. But you go back and you backtrack and you look at you and you look at your behavior. Uh, you know, I said last night, I think chocolate cake is the most wonderful food on the face of the earth. And if especially if you have ice cream to go with it. And I can justify it. We all know now that chocolate contains antioxidants. We know that cakes have eggs and they contain biotin and choline and other good sources. They have cream in them. It's good for you. Amen? You know, it's all these things. It's got good stuff in it. And so I am convinced it's a perfect food. And then you take ice cream. Now, you can't get any better than the ice cream. You've got good, rich milk to give you calcium. Hello, make your bones strong. Amen. Then if you add some fruit in it, mercy's sake, throw some peaches or strawberries in there. Yum, yum, yum. It's got to be good for you. It's got fruit in it. And if you really want to make it nutritious, put nuts in it. Like butter pecan ice cream. Hey, now you're getting protein and niacin and it's good for you. I know it is. But unfortunately, you can't live off of it. <laughs> you know, and so you do. And I got news for you. It's going to, quote, show up on you. That's just it. And, you know, and then you end up diagnosed with heart disease because you didn't realize all that sugar you were taking in turns into triglycerides and damages your heart. Or you end up with kidney disease because your body just couldn't filter all this junk. Okay? It's like the blueberry juice I talked to you about last night. It looks So that's what smells good, even tastes good. But, honey, down there in the bottom, it ain't good. So that's what we need to understand about God. Most of the time, we can go back and see where we have opened the doors. I'm just going to say that. For the enemy to come in and bring this devastation upon us. Now, I know. Don't try to tell me. I told you I'm a nurse. I understand certain things and blah, blah, blah. But I do know that God said there was a way out of it, around it, past it. So then I love this one. Y'all ready? This is one of my favorite favorite scriptures. This is from a Bible that's no longer in print. It's the Good Speed Bible. And it says, for I, the Lord, make you immune to sickness. Do you understand, based on that, you never have to be sick another day in your life? 
I tell people all the time, I don't believe in being sick. I believe God has made me immune to sickness. Now, does the opportunity come by? Can I reach out and grab it and pull it to myself? Oh, no, it's flu season. We've had three in our family, two grandsons and now my own son, that have been attacked by this mess. And I keep saying, I don't receive it. In fact, Pastor Kennedy said, stay away from them. I said, why? I'm not going to get it. I don't believe in it. I believe God's made me immune to it. I've hugged and kissed and slobbered on and, you know, breathed their same air. But praise God, here I am. Can somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And so, see, if I'd gotten it, y'all would have been spared this weekend. But nonetheless, I'm here. So I want you to understand this is God's real heart for us. He does not want us sick. So why again? What is God's purposes for healing? Well, Exodus 15, I just read to you, shows that it's a covenant with God. And God is a covenant-keeping God. God never breaks covenant. Look at your neighbor and say, God never breaks covenant. We break the covenant. We break the terms of agreement with God. We walk in disobedience. We get out of faith. We quit trusting. We quit believing. But God never breaks the covenant. It's about his mercy. Psalms 130 verse 7. If you want to go there. says, Jesus' mercy and with him is abundant redemption. Jesus ministered to the sick. I didn't read Psalms 130, verse 7. I'm just reading you what it means. Jesus ministered to the sick, doing miracles and healing all that came to him. The verse is, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him there is an abundance of redemption. Mercy and abundance of redemption. That means above and beyond what you actually need. God always goes above and beyond. He's not a chintzy, stingy God. God wants to pour out blessings upon you. Dr. Lester Summerall, he was once asked, I like this, can you explain to me why God is healing so many unbelievers in our meetings? He responded to him. I addressed this last night. Who did Jesus heal 2,000 years ago? Basically, everyone Jesus healed was not a believer, for he had not yet gone to the Christ. But his mercy brings both salvation and healing. That's the kind of God we serve. God doesn't want to see anybody perish and go to hell. But I told you last night, he won't force salvation upon you. God doesn't want to see anybody sick and suffering and dying. But he cannot force healing on you. He will pour it out and it's up to you to believe and receive or not. But don't blame God. Just look at your neighbor and tell him, say, don't blame God. So the number one reason that we're going to see, we're going to only look at seven of these in the time that we have left. First is compassion. I've talked about that. It's a desire to take pain or burden off of one and place it on yourself to relieve their suffering. 
The scriptures tell us Jesus was full of compassion. He's defined as a suffering servant. Still heals for those same heal for those reasons when he walked on the face of the earth, and he still heals for those same identical reasons today. One of the greatest things that I love about Jesus, and you'll find it when you read over in Mark chapter 1, and it talks about how the leper came to Jesus, and he said, Jesus, you can make me clean if you will to, if you choose to. And Jesus was moved with compassion and put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. What I like to point out in here, you know that in Jesus' time, the Hebrew laws did not allow you to touch a leper. They were unclean. And if you touch them, you became unclean. Not to mention the risk of contamination. It was a contagious disease. But Jesus was so moved with compassion, he had to throw all that aside. He had to let go of laws. Hello. That's what's wrong with so many of one part of the church day is they got no law. And the other side of the church, they're so legalistic they can't half breathe. You know? But Jesus had the perfect balance. And he knew when to do and when not to do. See, we've got to learn to walk in wisdom. But Jesus, this is the way I teach that scripture. Jesus touched the untouchable. And I love Jesus for that. I don't know about you, but I know about me. There's been a time and a place in my life where I would have been considered the untouchable, unclean, not born again, not filled with the Holy Spirit, not walking in obedience to God. I was just as unclean as that leper. Many of you have been there also. Because the Bible says everybody has sinned to come short of the glory of God. But Jesus, but Jesus is willing to extend his hand to us, touch us with such compassion and tender mercy that we can have redemption. He's a good God. Secondly, healing belongs to God's children. Healing, as the scriptures describe it over in Mark 7, says healing is the children's bread. You remember the Syrophoenician woman came and she was seeking healing for her daughter. And Jesus said, let the children first be filled for it is not right to take the children's bread but the dogs under the table and eat of the children's crumbs. Now listen, God set healing in place for his children. But do you see? How many of his children are rejecting? How many children are not believing? How many children won't eat of the bread of life? Come now. Because of religion and tradition and all that junk, if I could put it that way. But Jesus, I mean, can you imagine this woman? He said, Jesus says, you know, this, you don't have a right to this. It's not yours. And she said, but master, ah, show something about the woman. Number one, she did not take offense. 
If you're one of those people that walk around with your feelings on your shoulders and you're so easily offended and you get mad and you leave in a huff, honey, you are outside of the will of God. And you are not going to receive the blessings of God. But she took no offense. And she said, but master, even the dogs, what does that refer to? She was not a Hebrew. She was a Gentile. She didn't have a right to it. But she said, even as a quote-unquote dog, if I can just get one crumb, one crumb of that word from you or that bread of life, it will be sufficient for my daughter to be healed. And her daughter was healed. How many of us would get mad and offended? Well, surely he could have just cut me a slice of bread. Maybe he could have just, I'm sure they had extra. He could have just rolled up a whole loaf and said here. But she said she saw such significance and such power in who he was and how powerful his words were that she said one crumb will do. Some of you today... If you don't leave here but one little crumb of the word, it will be sufficient to produce within you what God knows you need. You just have to be willing to believe this is sufficient. Have you ever heard of the mustard seed faith? See, we all think, I have people say to me all the time, but I don't have faith. I don't have enough faith. The Bible says we've all been given the measure of faith. What is the measure of faith? It's the amount you need right now to get what you need. Amen? And God said, you know, we can increase our faith. We can strengthen our faith. But if you've got a seed, if you've got a crumb, that is sufficient for the moment. And it can do great things for you. Great things. Look at your neighbor and say, great things. Number three, it brings glory to the Father. They said great multitudes came after, came unto Jesus, and he healed them. And then the multitude wondered when they saw they were amazed. I love the word amazed. The multitude was amazed when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, the blind to see. And this is what they did about it. They glorified the God of Israel. See, all of this is to point people to Jesus. To bring glory of the Lord. To say, did you see what God just did? Amen? So, when the paralytic was healed and the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God. You can find these scriptures in Matthew 15 and Matthew 9. Healing is awe-inspiring a faith builder that leads to glorifying God. I told you, and I'm telling you again, if you don't get healed for any other reason, do it to bring glory to God so you can show other people what God has done for you. Can somebody shout amen? amen. See, I once told God, I said, Look, Lord, you know, whew, I love you. And I'm thankful for all the healings you brought to me. But I'm really tired of being the poster child. I told you all about my eyes. What else did I tell them about the mass in my abdomen? It was gone. 
I've made reference to my back, how I learned to take the blood of Jesus as a morning and evening sacrifice and run my hands down my back and thank God for the cleansing, healing power of his blood, that it was correcting everything in my back, putting every vertebrae and every disc in proper position, proper alignment, and then telling it to be sealed there by the blood of the Lamb. Gene can tell you how many times he's come home and found me in the dryer. Not that I needed to get dry. It's because I bent down to take clothes out and couldn't get back up. My back was so bad. I was in constant pain. One little turn or twist, and I was just paralyzed from the pain and from the pressure on the nerve roots and all this kind of stuff. But God, through the power of the blood, healed me and sealed me. And here, I mean, to the point that my doctors, I was a very young woman at that time. Yes, at one time I was young. Y'all don't look so funny. Well, I'm still young. I told y'all last night, for the Lord renews my youth daily as that of the eagle. But anyway, the doctor told me, he said, now listen, I'm just telling you, if this continues to progress, he said, the day may come when you're going to find yourself in a wheelchair. Do y'all see any wheelchair? Why? Because I took God at him more than I believed the doctors. And I can stand here and give glory to God. See, I can be a living testimony. I was diagnosed one time. I went to a doctor. First time I'd ever seen her. And I went in just for an annual checkup. And I come in her office to talk to her. And she's on the phone as I walk in with a surgeon. And she's saying these words. She has bilateral breast mass and she needs to go to surgery now. Well, that's not a real good greeting. She could have at least said, hello, have a seat. But that's what I walked into. And being the shy kind of person I am, I leaned across her desk and I said, hang up the phone. She looked at me. I said, now, I have to call you back. She hung up. I said, don't you ever say those words over me again. I know what you mean. I will not have that spoken over me. She said, but you need to get the... Uh, she didn't know what to say. So she calls the surgeon back, who happened to be a friend of mine. I worked with him. I loved him. Wonderful Christian doctor. And she said, I'm sending Velda over to see you. She's got some uh, lumps and bumps. <laughs> so I go to see the doctor. He does all of his tests. And he said, Velda, I'm taking you to surgery right now. I said, no, oh, oh, hold up. Now, have y'all understood that I've said I went to the doctor? So you can't leave here saying I told you not to go to the doctor. You go to the doctor and you get information. And then you use the information to help bring in the healing power of God. And if your faith can't get you where you need to be, thank God for that doctor that he'll know what to do for you. Most of you wouldn't be alive right now if it hadn't have been for some doctor somewhere, someplace, sometime intervening. Even if it was the one that popped you on the behind the day you were born and made you breathe. So don't go telling me doctors are bad. I told you last night, they work for the great physician. Amen? But anyway, I go see Randy, and he's telling me i got to go to surgery right now. And I said, no, 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 let's, let's wait. He said, what are we going to wait on? 
I said, we're going to wait for the word to work. He said, Velder, what are you talking about? I said, you are a Christian. This is a doctor who never steps into the OR without getting on his knees and praying. He is an ordained minister. And I'm sitting here teaching him what the word says. I said, you're going to give me time for the word to work in me. He said, well, how much time do you want? I just picked a number out there. I said, give me four weeks. He said, I can't do that. He said, I can never look at you and say, Velda, I'm sorry that I didn't make you go to surgery immediately. I said, I'll be okay. Tell me you'll give me four weeks. He said, okay. I said, if I come back in four weeks and everything's not completely gone, I'll go to surgery. He says, bring your bag with you. I said, because you're going to leave my office and go to the hospital. I said, we'll see. So four weeks go by, and I go back, and sure enough, all the lumps and bumps are gone on one side. But I still have some on the other side. So he said, okay, Velda, let's go to the hospital. I said, now, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. He said, what now? I said, give me some more time. For what, Velda? I said, for the word to work. Amen. He said, I gave you four weeks. I said, yeah, and see how far we've come? I said, but this time let's do it different. He said, what do you want me to do? I said, this time I want you to get in agreement with me. That the word will work mightily. He shook his head. I said, come on now. You know, sometimes you got to play your trump cards. I said, you call yourself a Christian. You call yourself a believer. You call yourself a pastor, a minister. Can you not agree with me on the power of the word for just four weeks? <sighs> okay, Velda. But I'm telling you, this is it. But I will agree with you. Well, sure enough, four, month, uh, four weeks come and go. I go back. And actually that morning before I went, Gene said, I don't think there's anything there. I said, what do you mean? He said, I think it's some old scar tissue from some surgery you had years ago. I said, well, I like that. I can take that. So I go back to see Randy, and he's like, and he said, you know, Velda, I've rethunk this thing. I've re-looked at the x-rays. He said, there's nothing there. It's just some scar tissue from some surgery you had years ago. Somebody will be shouting glory to God. I haven't had any more surgery till yet. And here's my theory. God makes me immune to sickness and disease, and I will never have to have any more. Amen. So, but I am a living testimony, but I give all the glory to God. It's not about me. Number four, it fulfills God's promises. They spirits with his word and healed all that, it, that were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Matthew 8, 16 through 17 and Isaiah 53 verse 4 if you're trying to keep up with the scriptures. He did the works to prove that God's word is true. To bring a fulfilling of the promises. Every healing... Every healing is a fulfillment of the prophetic words of God. 
You remember when Isaiah wrote Isaiah 53? It was what, 750, 800 years before Jesus was born? It was prophetic. But did it come to pass or did it not? See, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If God has said it, even through his prophets, it will come to pass. That's why the scriptures say, believe the prophets and prosper. Be successful. God is going to fulfill his word. He will oversee his word to perform it and bring it to pass if somebody will just believe him. God said, my word does not return unto me void. He says, it goes wherever I send it and it accomplishes what I sent it to do. And it comes back to me and brings me the praise. That's the Velda translation. I haven't given y'all much out of the Velda translation, but when I write it one day, it's going to be real good. I'm sure of it. <laughs> he confirms his word. That's the same, similar to verse 4. But God said, he says, For I am the Lord thy God who heals you and takes sickness and disease from the midst of you. I sent my word and healed. He is going to confirm his word. If you can ever get a rock-solid word from God, then you will know that it will come to pass. I, I love that scripture, study to show thyself approved. Many, many years ago, I was asked to go to England to minister. And I didn't know whether I should be going or not going. You know, I was so young in the things of God, and I was praying and crying out, God, am I supposed to go? Can I do this? You know, I don't, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? And as I sat and prayed, he took me to that scripture, study to show thyself approved. And I knew that if I would set myself to study in God's word when I went, he would oversee his word to perform it and bring it to pass, and I would be approved, not by man, but by him. Isn't that what we really want? We want to be approved of by God himself. Don't get your eyes on men or women. They'll tell you all kind of things. I know people say it as a compliment. I don't like it. I'll say, I'm teaching Friday. I've got to study. I have to have time to study. And they say things that I'm sure you pastors have heard that, oh, you don't need to study. You've just got it in you. Open your mouth. It'll just flow out. And I'm going, uh, y'all probably don't know Marianne Brown, but Marianne, you say, shakabaka, shakabaka. Uh-uh, don't put that on me. See, what you're doing is making me think it's about me. It's my abilities. It's my knowledge. And I say, no, 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 no. Now, I've done, God said, study to show thyself approved. Now, I've done, I've lost track, I don't even know, but I know for a fact I've done over a thousand teachings on healing. You'll probably find this funny. Years ago, I remember teaching a, a, a message on healing, and when I got through, I said, well, that's it. I'm done. And like, what? And I said, I don't know anything else. I'll never have another teaching. I'm finished. <laughs> Little did I understand Delving into the word, pulling out the word, letting God bring new revelation to you. But listen, as someone who has done over a thousand teachings on healing, 
I would never step into an arena without studying first. Because if I did, God would have no obligation whatsoever to approve what I was doing. You might want to think about that. Study. If you want to be a part of a healing ministry, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you time and energy. It's going to cost you commitment to the Word of God to study, to show thyself approved. Don't go by what other people say. I study. I like the old generals. That's what Dr. Kennedy calls them, the old generals. I said, do you, <clears throat> do you know we're about their age now? But, you know, I love Anybody in here know Smith Wigglesworth? Do y'all know Smith is my best friend? I talk about Smith like, you know, he just travels around with me. I think he does, right, Smith? Thank you. And uh, one day I was teaching and uh, I was talking about Smith so much. And, well, you know, Smith says this and Smith says that. And Smith said so-and-so. And at the end of the service, this lady come up to me and she said, Honey. You do know he's dead, don't you? <laughs> I've always wished I'd gone, No, when did he die? Talk to God. Dr. Hafkin, my word. You know, even Catherine Coleman, name them. Marie Ed, uh, Woodworth Etter, uh, Lester Summerall, my word. On and on and on. Norval Hayes, dear brother Norval's gone home to be with the Lord now. Most of these, all of these have, in fact. Oh, Roberts, what did it cost those people to carry on the ministry that God called them to? If you're interested in this, it's going to cost you something. You know, and let me just throw this out. It's not so you can get some kind of glory. You can build a name and a reputation for yourself. It's, it's hard work. At times, it's heartbreaking work. I tell everybody that's about to step into the healing ministry, you need one of those things that go, warning, warning, warning. Anybody remember Lost in Space? Warning, Will Smith. Warning, Will Smith. <laughs> you know, because you're going to pour out your heart. You're going to pour out everything you know. And there's still going to be people that don't believe and don't receive. And your heart will be crushed. That's why I tell you, hold a little bit of professional distance between you and people. I know what I'm talking about. I had one of my own personal friends. She had cancer. And I poured in everything I knew. She was out at MD Anderson out in Texas. And I was constantly mailing her CDs and sending her words from the Lord and teaching her. And finally her husband brought her back home, moved her to Augusta, got her an apartment so she could come to the healing center. She still didn't come half the time. But at any rate, eventually Brenda was in the hospital. And I mean, it had all just been straight downhill. I went to the hospital. I crawled up in the bed with her. I grabbed her little scrawny body by her gown and I pulled her in my face. And I said, Brenda, don't lie to me. What do you really believe? Her little weakened voice, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I said, Brenda, don't lie. Tell me the truth. See, people tell you what they think you want to hear. Come on now. 
I will live and not die and give God the glory. I said, Brenda, <laughs> if you do not tell the truth and then you die, there are going to be a lot of hurt, disappointed, angry people. She continued on with her confession. You think it didn't hurt? You didn't think I was crushed? You think I didn't say God? She said she believed. But I like what Pastor Kennedy says. She says, just wait. You'll find out the rest of the story. And I did. This whole time, we've been standing and believing for Brenda to live. She was making preparations to die. They found Bibles. She had bought Bibles and scribed them to her children, her grandchildren. And grandchildren hadn't even been born yet. When I'm gone, remember, blah, 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 I love you, on and on and on. Everything she had done was to make preparations for her death. She made no preparations to live. I'm telling you, warning, warning, warning. I had a little boy one time. Oh, we called him the little valiant man of God. He loved God. He could quote the word better than any of us. I went to his home and sat at his hospice bed with him, pouring the word in him. His parents had things in their home that were not godly. I begged him to take them out. They wanted to send him to Camp Rainbow. I begged them, don't send him to a camp where death is pervasive. Please don't send him. Well, we just want him to have one more opportunity. And our sweet little Robbie died. But let me tell you what he did. He had his Healing Center Bible. And he had written... In there, all these different things that God had revealed to him. He didn't have a proper atmosphere. He didn't have a proper environment. He wasn't nurtured in the spiritual things of God. His father never one time even came to the healing center with him. I'm not blaming those parents. I'm just saying there's always things behind the scene you may not know. So don't point a finger at God. Just wait and say, God, if there's something here I need to know. Please show me. Please help me. Healing demonstrates the power of the blood. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace or our what? Y'all already forgot? Shalom. The chastisement of our what? Do y'all? Shalom. Say it with me. Shalom. <laughs> The chastisement of our shalom was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. See, blood from the stripes upon Jesus' body. We say it was his back, but he was beaten all over. He was pulverized. Read Isaiah 52. said he was so badly marred you could no longer identify him as a man. And that precious blood ran down to provide forgiveness of sin and healing. That cleansing, healing power of the blood. It's a priceless cleaner for the stain of sin and the remedy for all sickness and disease. See, the Lord wants you to know not just about.
about the power of the blood. He wants you to know how to apply it and walk in its power every day. You learn that through the word. He wants you to know your true identity. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. That what you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. 1 Peter 2.9 That's the power of the blood. And then healing reiterates the power of the cross. The cross was the point of defeat for Satan. The place of victory for God and man. Galatians 3.13, again out of the Passion Translation, says Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place. For it is written, everyone who is hung upon a tree is doubly cursed. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The same reasons Jesus healed when he walked upon the face of the earth is the same reasons he heals today. Again, Hebrews 6, 8 says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3, 6 says, I am the Lord thy God, I change not. So if he were ever once the healer, he still is the healer. And may it bring honor and glory to his holy name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Did you learn anything this morning? Did it help anybody? Let's lift our hands and praise him. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to take a few minutes here, and we're just going to spend some time loving Jesus, thanking him for his goodness, his mercy, right where you are. You just begin to praise him. He longs to hear your voice giving him praise and thanksgiving me. He longs to hear you say, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you, Lord. You're a good God. I know you have no harm or ill intentions towards me. Thank you, Lord God. You did everything necessary to provide the power of healing to be available to me. And Lord God, I tell you now, I will believe and I will receive because you are not a man to lie. And Lord, I want to thank you and praise you for it. I want to thank you, Lord, that right now your healing power continues to be manifested in this place. I thank you, Lord God. You yourself are here ministering to your people right now. Going through your people. Touching them. Touching them. Releasing healing power based on their faith, Lord God. Whatever they may need, you're here to provide it. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you. We love you, Lord. Thank you that you sent your word and healed us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can boldly proclaim that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed. There's some of you here today that need to say, Lord, I will not die, but I will live and declare the glorious works of the Lord. I know some of you, you've been given a very evil report, a death sentence, so to speak.
but the healing, delivering power of God is here right now. If you'll believe and say, Jesus, you redeem me from the curse of this thing. I am redeemed. I am the redeemed of the Lord. Sickness and disease have no power, no authority over me. Cancer cannot kill me. Heart disease cannot kill me. Diabetes cannot kill me. No form of sickness and disease is greater than your healing power, Lord. I take it. I take it by faith. It's not a feeling, Lord. I don't feel it. You're saying, I don't feel anything. Healing's not a feeling. Healing is a faith act. I believe, I receive. Like when you got born again, maybe you didn't feel a thing. Maybe you were still smelling of drugs and alcohol and pornography and, and all kind of sins and perversions. And, but you got born again in that moment that you believed and you confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. But it took some time for the transformation to take place. Believe you've received and continue to thank God he's working mightily in you. Give it time for the transformation to work. I was talking to a lady the other day. They had flown in from Missouri for our anniversary celebration. And the weather's been so horrendous out there. And she said it's just been weeks and weeks and weeks of cold, gray, dreary, wet weather. I now know why I live in Georgia. Amen. But she said, Delta, it had become so oppressive. She said, I felt like the sun would never shine again. I just, I didn't know what I was going to do. And she said, we got on the plane to come out here. And she said, the pilot took off and we began to climb. And we began to climb. And the next thing we knew, we broke through the clouds. And there was this beautiful blue sky with the sun shining brilliantly. See, the point is, God sometimes working behind the scenes where you can't see him, but you can believe he's there, doing what he said he would do, being who he said he would be. Let's lift our hands and thank him one more time. Thank you, God. We just love you. We praise you. We bless you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Can we just say his name together? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Don't you know when we do that, the devil has a nervous breakdown? <laughs> because the Bible says, those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sozoed. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you again for being here. I hope it's blessed you today. I hope you've got a nugget or two to take home and chew on. And I hope you'll be back tomorrow as we continue looking at this wonderful, marvelous God we have. Thank you so much. God bless you. <laughs>